Hello, and welcome to my podcast. I know you're a very busy woman and you haven't got all day, so I'm here to help you stressed out mothers with upset kids access a clearer understanding of how to calm down your children. I'm your host, Dr. Tsunami Turner. Let's get into it. Here's the thing. Your child is only going to be a kid for so long. They will be adults for most of their lives. We need to stop worrying so much about having the quote-unquote perfect child because childhood is temporary. We need to worry about giving our children basic skills that they will need to survive adulthood. Kids inherently know how to be kids, but most people don't feel confident in being an adult. The two most important lessons that I think we can teach our children are to respect themselves and respect others. And the best way to teach this lesson is when we, the adults, respect our children. I watched Space Jam, you know, the new one with LeBron James the other day. And the moral of that movie was that the best parenting happens when we listen to our children. There will be some spoilers in today's podcast. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause this, watch it, and then come back. Okay, did you watch it? What did you think? I totally cried at the end. Bugs Bunny has a special place in my heart. Also, I really wish Tweety had more on-screen time. Anywho, let's talk about LeBron's relationship with his youngest son, Dom, who was played by Cedric Joe. At the beginning of the movie, LeBron is told by his coach that he has the potential for greatness if he stays focused on his goal. This is similar to stories of basically every other successful athlete in the world. They put in the work every day and every moment and became superstars. This is the mentality that LeBron puts into his parenting. He has expectations that his sons are going to enjoy and be as dedicated to sports as he is. But Dom is different. And he keeps telling his father that he wants to feel safe just being himself and have his father respect his choices. From a psychological perspective, when LeBron focuses instead on all the things that Dom is doing wrong with basketball, poor Dom is invalidated and shamed, leading to a state of trauma. That's right. When we chronically deny our children the right to be themselves, we are potentially subjugating them to trauma. Now, this isn't all children. Some kids have more resilience than others and can move past it. But for a lot of kids, we see these small moments of invalidation over time lead to low self-esteem, feelings of worthlessness, depression, anxiety, and vulnerability to further abuse, all of which are seen in the movie. Dom becomes impressed with and latches onto algae rhythm because he shows him kindness and validation. But the reality is that algae is manipulating Dom. And later in the movie, when the goon squad starts losing, Algie shows his true colors and yells at and berates Dom. Let's put this in perspective in terms of reality. I've had several clients who have been bullied by their peers and they accept these people into their lives because it's not always that bad. 
There's a honeymoon period when the peer who is bullying them is actually nice to them. And this fleeting kindness is what causes the child to stay in this fake friendship because they feel that suffering through this abuse with some kindness is better than complete ostracization by everyone else. These children often feel like they can't talk to their parents because their thoughts and opinions are discounted. And, of course, their parents love and care about them. But still, the parents' own expectations get in the way of genuinely seeing their child, listening to their child, and allowing their child to feel heard. When these kids grow up, there is a higher chance that they will be in more abusive or dismissive relationships and be more vulnerable to being taken advantage of and having mental health problems. There are, of course, ways to reduce this risk and keep your expectations in check so they don't disrupt your relationship with your child. In the movie, we see that during the basketball game, LeBron can take a step back from his expectation that basketball requires work and it has to be done a certain way. When he recognizes his son's joy at being allowed to express himself and just enjoy the process of playing and exploring the sport of basketball, he, LeBron starts to understand who his son is, leading him to then surprise Dom by dropping him off at the computer camp instead of basketball camp. In turn, Dom surprises his dad by saying that he'll hold on to his basketball while he's at camp. And here, at the end of the movie, is where we see that the pair have become closer because they took the time to understand each other and drop their expectations that things had to be a certain way. When we can step back as parents and take the time to listen, not problem solve, not dictate, not decide how things should go, but really reflect on and listen to the opinions not only of our children, but also all people. We create an atmosphere where our children can learn to respect themselves and others. And that is the goal. So if you're a parent listening to this and you have difficulty understanding your child, it's likely because you're holding on to some preconceived notions of who you dreamed your child would be, not who they actually are. And living in the fantasy of your dream child, or even reliving your dream childhood through your child, is detrimental to your real-life child's mental health and does more harm than good in your relationship with your child. This isn't to say that you shouldn't have any expectations, but I like to think of them more like standards. You should hold your child to certain standards, but they should be standards that your child can meet. And then slowly, you would make these expectations more and more difficult to challenge your child and help ease their growth. There was a psychologist named Vygotsky who created this theory called the zone of proximal development that describes this perfectly. Your child has innate talents, things that they were born with, but those talents will only go so far if they're left to their own devices to kind of explore what it is they're capable of. So that's their kind of zone, their own little growth potential. Then outside of that, there's another zone of growth that they can achieve with support from people like you, their peers, teachers, basically any other important person in their life. 
And if your expectations and standards are outside of this circle of the potential that your child has for growth with your help, then you will constantly be at battle with your child and pushing them into something that they're not ready for. And then they in turn will feel worthless because they're unable to achieve a goal and start feeling like they're disappointing to you or not worthy of your love. If, however, you recognize what your child is capable of doing and push them slightly past that with the expectation that they will need help to master that task, growth can happen in a developmentally appropriate way. In Space Jam, there was a special move that Dom recreated in his game that his father had taught him. While Dom had not completely mastered this move himself, with his father's support and reminders, he could get closer to success. If, however, LeBron expected that Dom would be able to do a slam dunk at the age of 10, that would be something way far out of Dom's reach and cause more strife between them. A common example I come across in my practice is looking at a child's ability to self-soothe or regulate their emotions. So question for you, how old do you think a child has to be to be able to have emotional control and self-soothe? Anyone? Parents tend to think that children should be in control of their emotions at much younger ages than they actually are. So children begin, and this is the key word here, begin. So it's just starting to form. They begin to have control of their responses at age between like three to four years old. But learning how to be in control emotionally, that's a skill. It's not innate knowledge. You aren't born knowing how to control your emotions. Skills have to be taught. Now, this skill of controlling your emotions, it doesn't actually become fully developed into early adulthood. So that's crazy because there's a lot that can happen between three years old and adulthood that can impact the development of this skill. Some of you listening to this might still be learning this skill yourselves. In fact, it's a skill that most people aren't taught. But why? Well, that's because this is a skill that should ideally be passed down through family members generationally. So if your parents never learned how to self-soothe and control their emotions from their parents, then how are they supposed to teach that to you? And if you don't know how to do it, then how can you teach that to your kids? What ends up happening, especially in families where one or more people have experienced trauma, is that the trauma response is what gets passed down instead of healthy coping skills that are used to help regulate emotions. So these families tend to pass on more reactive behaviors and trauma experiences, even if that's not what they initially were intending to do, because that's what's taught in the family. Now there's nothing wrong with this because there's a reason that it exists. Reacting to potential and real threats in a disorganized way is inadvertently taught in families like this as a survival skill. So it keeps happening because somewhere down the line, the person or people in the family learned that if you react in this way, you survive. 
And so they continue to act in this way to continue surviving, even though that behavior isn't beneficial in the long run, because it felt helpful at the moment, they keep responding to similar situations in the exact same way. And by modeling these behaviors, their children then pick up those same habits and it trickles down through the generations until someone stops and recognizes like, hey, what's going on here? This isn't actually working. Then they can come to a therapist or other resource person who can teach them coping skills to reduce these reactive responses and that in turn will lessen the risk of continued trauma throughout the family. So this is why it's really important if your child is in therapy, regardless of what their diagnosis is, you should be getting some kind of therapeutic support too whether it's engaging in a group therapy setting or even your own individual therapy, it can be really beneficial and help you to help your child. So that's it for this week. If you're looking for more information about how to really listen and see your kiddo, please check out last week's podcast where I discuss a three-step model to working collaboratively with your child. Thank you for listening to the Calm Down Kids podcast. You can reach me at Tsunami Turner at CalmDownKids.com. And don't forget to check out my website, CalmDownKids.com forward slash blog, where you can find a transcript of all podcasts, as well as even more valuable information to improve your relationship with your child. See you later, alligator.